writing was something that I could do and I was good at and I was pretty determined to make money off of it. And I know that's not like the most starry-eyed answer, but it's a reality for sure. Welcome to Queries, Qualms, and Quirks, the weekly podcast that asks published authors to share their successful query letter and discuss their journey from first spark to day of publication. I am your host, author Sarah Nicholas and literary agent Sarah N. Fisk. Jessica Lewis is a Black author and receptionist. She lives with her way funnier than her grandmother in Alabama. When she isn't writing or working, she enjoys watching cooking or HGTV-type home shows and playing farming sims. So please welcome Jessica to the show. Hello. Hi. So happy to be here. I'm glad you agreed to come on the show. So we're going to start by going all the way back to the beginning. When did you first start getting interested in writing? And then how long did it take from then before you started getting serious about pursuing publication? I have always loved reading and writing. And I really started doing it for fun in middle school. I wrote a lot of self-insert fan fiction for my friends. But then in high school, I started writing my own stories and branching out. So you started getting serious about publication around that time? Um, I would say publication probably in college. Mm. It was just kind of a fun thing to do at first. And then I really started thinking, oh, well, you know, I could do this. So college time was around the time that mental shift happened. Can you tell me a little bit more about the time or the moment that you realized that you wanted to be a published author, you know, that you wanted to see your book on bookshelves, that kind of thing? It wasn't really a moment, but I know in college, um, I, I majored in animal science. So I had a bunch of science classes and like chemistry and biology and stuff like that. And so I had no time to write and I really missed it. And so then that's when I said, you know, you know, animal science is really cool, but I don't think it's exactly for me. So then I started working towards um, really prioritizing my own stories and, and stuff like that. So after you decided you wanted to pursue publication, how did you learn more about the publishing industry, like how it works, how to go about it, how to query all those different things? When I was brand new, um, I did NaNoWriMo. And that's how I wrote my first actual like novel. And um, I had a, a couple of buddies on there and we teamed up and we kind of helped each other through. Well, we stumbled through a lot, but <laughs> we helped each other. And then I entered my first contest, which was uh, Rev Pit. And I wasn't chosen, but um, I joined a group of losers, if you will. <laughs> and um, we learned from each other from there. Awesome. So y'all like shared resources in that group and everything? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So then what happened? Can you break down for us your journey from, you know, first getting serious about it to signing your first book contract? Okay, so semi long story, but <laughs> go for it. Yeah, I, uh, my first novel was a zombie book. Um, at the time, I didn't know anything about market or like anything like that. So I just, I had spent the past couple of years writing this book. And it was in the best condition I could make it. So I sent it out there. And the, right as it was, you know, going out there, it was kind of the fatigue of The Walking Dead, I think. Mm -hmm. So not really, not a lot of people wanted it. <laughs> but um, I queried it for a year, I think. And I entered every contest I could, Pitch Wars, Rev Pit. Um, I don't know if Author Mentor Match was a thing then. But if it was, I entered it. <laughs> Yeah, it just didn't go well. And I, I shelved it after 64 rejections. 
So then after that, I wrote another book. It was a contemporary fantasy, but I didn't really understand how to do structure in a book. So I entered it into three contests and I didn't even get a full request at all. So I was like, well, okay, goodbye. So (laughs) I sold that one too. (laughs) Um, Then uh, my grandmother uh, was sick. She was diagnosed with colon cancer. I took pretty much a year to like help out and, you know, really grieve. And um, I was really depressed. I didn't feel like writing. I stopped and started a bunch of things, but nothing really stuck. And then a year later, my grandmother was free and clear. So she's in remission right now. Oh, great. I know. I was so, so happy. And I was so happy. In fact, I wrote a third book in a month. So. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And after that month, I entered it into Pitch Wars. It was a mess. It was really a draft 1.5. And it was not very good at all. I actually did get in. That was in 2018. So um, my mentor, Brittany Morris, she picked me. We did revisions together. I finally learned how to do structure. So (laughs) that was great. Uh, We did the showcase and my agent was not in the showcase, but she offered two weeks after um, I sent her the updated full. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, My agent is Holly Root. Yeah, she um, and I did revisions together for about a month. And then... I uh, went on submission for another month and then we got an offer. So there we go. So when you entered Pitch Wars and you got into Pitch Wars, did you have queries out that you withdrew? I did. I had about 10, I want to say, and I had I had about six full requests. Oh, wow. So I had to pull all of those. And some agents were like, no, don't pull it. I want to read it. <laughs> I was like, well, it's going to be better in like four months. So just hold on. Was Holly one of those? Yes, she was. Um one of the agents who had my full at the time. Oh, cool. Very cool. It is time. Can you read your successful query letter for us? Yes, I can. Let's see. And I wrote this one in about 2018. So, dear agent, 16-year-old Cottrell doesn't mind talking to the dead. She just wishes it made her more money. 50 bucks here and there isn't enough to support her unemployed mother or her mother's deadbeat boyfriend of the week. But when she accidentally brings her dead dog back to life instead of summoning his ghost, Cottrell gets dollar signs in her eyes. Talking to the dead is one thing, but people will pay top dollar to see their loved ones again. Her plan runs smoothly at first. Though the resurrected people, called revenants, don't eat, sleep, or breathe, they're warm and look enough like their old selves to convince her clients to part with thousands of dollars. Good enough for Cottrell. But things fall apart when the revenants aren't docile puppets like Cottrell thought. Revenants rob citizens of her town and present stolen money and jewelry to Cottrell. When her first revenant graduates from theft to murder, Cottrell has a decision to make. If she stops resurrecting people, she'll be back under the poverty line. But if she continues, the body count will keep inching higher and the people Cottrell love may end up in the crossfire. Wildfire is an 81,000 word young adult contemporary fantasy with elements of horror. It features an all-black cast and his own voices for the African-American lead and struggling financially. This book was mentored in Pitch Wars 2018. And then my bio, I'm an author from Alabama, and so far, no revenants are stalking me. I have a BA in English literature with a minor in creative writing. I was an editorial intern with a publishing company for a year. Thank you for your time and consideration. Nice. And I did notice that some of those lines ended up in your book description, like your official book description. Yeah, I had a hand in like tweaking it. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty cool. 
And you changed the title. When did that happen? There was another book called Wildfire coming out from the same company. So they were like, uh, you got to change it. So, mm. But it was actually untitled for like a year because I couldn't decide on a title that I liked. So I've been there. Yeah, it's not fun. I'm not good at titles. So Me neither. I've never actually titled anything. Someone else has always titled something, uh, anything I've written Yeah, <laughs> in one way or another. So how has your experience been since signing your book contract, especially were there any kind of like publishing surprises along the way? I was very surprised how editing on a deadline is is very intense. I I got that with Pitch Wars, but I didn't have to make a ton of edits. But it was like really intense to do this for like actual money. So (laughs) when you put the money in there, it's like, oh, God. (laughs) So. Yeah, there are legal documents at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's like really scary. You're not like doing this for a hobby, you know. It's like that shift was very scary for me. I was also orphaned. Mm. My acquiring editor, she left for Little Brown. I was kind of passed along a lot, and that was um, not great. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I was also orphaned on my first book. Oh, man. And... We have a lot of common. We, yeah. we can't do titles. We were both orphaned. <laughs> I think it's like really common to be orphaned, like more common than you would think. Yeah. I mean, understandably, like people move around in publishing so much and people have to leave because they can't afford the salaries that they pay them in New York City. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see how that would happen a lot. It is time for the quick round. I call it author DNA. I know you were a science major in college. It has nothing to do with DNA. It's just uh, classifications that we put writers in. Are you a pantser or a plotter? Extreme plotter. Do you tend to be more of an overwriter or an underwriter? Underwriter. Do you prefer to write in the morning or at night? Definitely at night. Whenever you start a new story, do you usually start with character or plot or concept or something else? This one's tough. Usually I start with the concept, but character is like right after that. So they're kind of together. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Neither. I have dietary restrictions. Whenever you're drafting, do you prefer silence or some kind of sound? I have to have music playing, no matter what. (laughs) When it comes to the first draft, are you more of a get it down kind of person or get it right kind of person? Definitely get it down because if I waited until it was right, we would be waiting forever. (laughs) (laughs) What tools or software do you use to draft? I draft on my phone and then I edit on my laptop. Do you prefer drafting or revising more? Whatever I'm not doing at the time is the one I like. So <laughs> It's funny a lot of people say that. Yeah. <laughs> do you write in sequential order or do you hop around? Sequential. I can't hop around because I lose the, the track of the story. And final quick round question. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? Definitely an introvert. So the show is called Queries, Qualms, and Quirks. You already read your query. Now we're going to get into the second cue. What were some of the qualms or worries that you had on your journey? And, you know, were they realized or did you overcome them or how did they shake out? I was really worried about as far as like mental illness. So I have depression and anxiety and I was very worried about how my publishing team would respond to that. But So far, everything has been really wonderful. Um, My editors are very gracious and my agent is always an advocate for me. So I've been very like lucky, I think. I've never experienced anything discriminatory or anything like that. Well, that's good to hear. And the third cue is quirks. Do you have any writing quirks? Is there anything about your writing process that you think is kind of different or interesting or unique? 
Um, yes. So somehow I have pavloved myself into editing whenever a Korean rap playlist is going on. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I did this, but every time that the playlist comes on, I just feel like I have to edit. So, um, and they all have really fun names like um, K hip hop. I shake my buns to, or <laughs> or K hip hop that makes me want to put my milk before my cereal. So, oh, no. <laughs> so if you want to somehow, if you want to, you know, get better at editing, then just put that on. Then you'll be in the mood. That's a really fun one. I like it. So when you were in the lowest parts of your writing journey, what kept you going and why did you stick to it? It was really, um, it was difficult to keep going. But also I had a little bit of, I don't know if if I want to say panic, but um, writing was like the only thing I was really good at. I graduated with an animal science degree and an English degree. I wasn't using either one of them. And so I definitely felt the financial squeeze. So writing was something that I could do and I was good at and I was pretty determined to make money off of it. And I know that's not like the most starry eyed answer, but it's a reality for sure for some of us where we just don't have another option. I had to keep going because that's, you know, what else am I going to (laughs) do? I can't do anything else. Do you want to share with listeners any of the publishing or writing mistakes that you made along your way so that uh, maybe they can avoid making the same mistakes? Yes, I am such a huge procrastinator. Like, uh, it's awful. So just whenever you get a project, just start that day. Like, don't wait until the last minute because you end up hating yourself for it. Yeah, for sure. I actually was just right before you came on, I was looking at my to-do list for the next couple of weeks. And I was like, I have an article due next Friday. Maybe I should start it. And then I was like, well, I don't need to start it yet. And I'm like, Sarah, you wrote the last one on the day it was due. Please don't do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. I, um, oh God, it's such a problem. It really is. I'm like, you know, 15 days late on my edits now. And I have another edit that's coming up that's due in November. And I just, I don't know. I can't stop. It's like a psychological problem. Can you share with listeners one of the most important lessons that you learned on your journey to publication? It can be about writing or it can be about publishing or time management or anything like that. The most important thing that I learned was to get a separate email for querying only and like don't check it every day or you know if you do do it once a day and have like a set time to do it because this helps you like practice firm boundaries and it also saves your mental health for sure. Because I think the worst part of querying is that you can get a rejection at any time. Mm -hmm. Like you could be at a birthday dinner and then you look at your phone and bam, there's like, hi, your work sucks. (laughs) Hope your day sucks, you know? (laughs) So it's so much, it was so much easier for me to just have a set time that I say, okay, am I in the right headspace for this? Can I do rejections right now? Can I function if I, if I have one? And it was just very important for me to do that. Yeah, definitely. I actually got a rejection once when I was out at a club because I had notifications turned on on my phone and I got like a little teary eyed and my friend like gave me a drunken pep talk like in the middle of this club, which is like a fun memory now when I think back on it but like at the time I was it like almost ruined my night you know yeah it totally ruins your like for me it it ruins my day all the time so Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good tip 
This is not a business that most of us succeed in completely on our own. I call this the kind of acknowledgements portion of the podcast. Who are some of the people who helped you along the way and how? Holly Root, just the best agent in the world. She's a superwoman. Um, she's patiently put up with me for two and a half years. So she is incredible. And then um, my CP Taz, they're the best editor in the world. They always also put up with my nonsense, but they also send me memes at 3 a.m. So <laughs> I appreciate that. JL, her book Wings of Ebony is out now and um, Ashes is also coming out soon. And she and I were kind of in the submission trenches together. And it has just, it's been so tough, but it's so, it's easier when you have a good friend who is there with you, you know? She's definitely just been very important. And then uh, lastly, my friend Mary Roach, um, they're awesome. And I just, sorry, getting choked up. Wow. Okay. Embarrassing. Anyway, so. I love it. <laughs> Mary, um, yeah, Mary has definitely pulled me out of so many depression slumps and like sent me cake and stuff. And like, that, that just really keeps me going. So I really want to thank Mary for that. And all my group chats like Screamtown and the Slackers and Writer in Motion. It just everybody has just really uplifted me and supported me. And I'm so thankful for that. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, JL is is so nice and so supportive. She's wonderful. She is. Truly. Yeah. I, I don't know the others, but I'm sure they're great too. <laughs> um <laughs> In addition to Bad Witch Burning, which you read the query letter for, you have a middle grade book. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called Meow or Never. It's a, a cute little contemporary, and it came out in January from Scholastic. And that one is under my pen name, uh, Jazz Taylor. Um, the reason I had the pen name is because it's way different than Bad Witch Burning. <laughs> and so I didn't want kids to read um, Meow or Never and then immediately go to Bad Witch Burning because it's just like a, a too big of a jump. <laughs> <laughs> that one is is about a girl who has um, anxiety and she gets chosen to lead her school play. And so she works through that with her friends and the cat. So very cute. Awesome. That sounds adorable. All right, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with my listeners. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Queries, Qualms, and Quirks. You can find the text of Jessica's query in the show notes, along with links to find out more about her and her books. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd help me find new listeners by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, telling your friends, or sharing this episode on social media. If you're interested in supporting the show, go to patreon.com slash pubtalklive. And if you're a published author interested in being a guest on the show, please click on the home base link in the description or go to sarahnicholas.com and click on the podcast logo in the sidebar. That is Sarah with an H and Nicholas with no H. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.